Welcome to Three Little Thursdays, a Marvel Street podcast. We're here drinking coffee, one coffee at a time. <laughs> oh, mine's empty. Uh, mine's, empty. mine's full. Um, <coughs> we're just talking about Birkenstocks. <laughs> talking Birkenstocks about and socks. So Birkenstocks and socks. Jumping onto the bandwagon. As soon as you go to Birkenstocks, the next the next step is socks and Birkenstocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're not there yet, get on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Good week. Thanks. Yeah. Last week was good. I was. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you've been in New Zealand. Yeah. How was your holiday? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Didn't drink coffee for two, two, three days. And then I took a little video, but I couldn't upload it into Instagram because it was too long. I'll show you boys. Mm. Of me having my first cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, really? How was that? <laughs> so funny. It was like, uh, it was like a, we were the base of Triple Cone. And there was like an Airstream and a little 60s caravan. And the Airstream was the office. And the 60s caravan was like an espresso bar with all press in it. And the music was so loud. <laughs> and and it was a pretty cool vibe. Mm. And I walked up, I'm like, two soy flat whites, please. It's like, choice, bro. And a fluffy. I didn't get a fluffy. A soy fluffy. <laughs> they, they do call them fluffy. Yeah. yeah. I remember I'd, working with a Kiwi barista and he called it that once. It was like, fluffy. Well, <laughs> what is a fluffy? <laughs> Sounds a little bit uh, sexual, but sure. Fluffy. Mm. Cool. Anyway, so good, good times, hey. That was so good. It's got yeah. heaps. Got heaps of snow. It's got heaps of trekking. In we just we skied like we, it was basically a seven day trip. So we did like first day was trekking and looking around. Second day was skiing. And we just alternated days between skiing and trekking. Cool. It was good. Hides some bikes. Stayed around Wanaka. Mm. Spoke to Marky. Oh yeah, Marky Shaw. Oh yeah. Wasn't yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a long distance call. <clears throat> could, could get reception. How he, far away is he from? He was heading to the snow as well. Right. Uh, he's Nelson, so up the other side of the South Island. But uh, I think, but yeah, it was a good trip. And the podcast, I think, was good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was Charlie's uh, ripper, eh? Yeah, she's great. Love having her on board, and mm-hmm. uh, she's got she's got some pizzazz. Yeah, she's a goer. She's such totally. a goer. Yeah, she's doing a label. She's doing a label this morning, mm. like a shipping label, mm. and it said to James. James, your speakers are coming, by the way. But it said to James, and then, you know, it said contact shift eatery. And the contact shift eatery was really small, and two was really big. Two James. Mm. So it didn't, I'm yeah. like, this is going to get lost. So I'm like, do you reckon we could just, like, move this around and put shift eatery at the top and, you know, via the Fastway app? Man, like 30 seconds. She had it sassed. Awesome. She Googled it. Cool. <laughs> How good is Google? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, so, if you're struggling with something, someone's already else has already struggled with it yeah 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 a lot of my struggles go to joe this week at least. Anyway. <laughs> i googled this morning how to how to get all the money out of paypal quickly didn't 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 win anything yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because paypal have like filtered google's results <laughs> I got you can't take your money out yet yeah. i did see some a to-do in base camp about sweep. It's called sweep. sweep yeah sweep you got to set it up with the account manager now you used to be able to just do automatic ta- automatic removal of funds but they they've yeah. As soon as I see there's comments next to a to-do in Basecamp, I know that it takes time. <laughs> yeah, I just know you've got the contact. <laughs> yeah. I'll sort it out. Mm. Be good. Cool. Awesome. I've been roped into an interview. And you're interrogation. in the hot, hot seat oh. this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we thought we'd uh, just sit Nico down and... We've tried this podcast once before, but we I f- I, we failed. Yeah. Like, I, I don't we, like talking about myself. We, like talking we about turned myself. up <laughs> uh, terribly under underprepared <laughs> and uh it didn't work out but spiraled uh, out of control i just deleted it 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should take the card and that way it'll get published. Uh, uh, right. Well, this one's going to air. Cool. Hope so. Yeah. yeah. I've, done, I've done some prep, so. Awesome. So awesome. That was Mike's idea. Was it Joe? Was it Joe's? That was Joe. That no, was, it was Joe's. It was Joe's. I think it was my idea. Mike's, cool. Mike's done a lot of We'll blame Joe if it goes south. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, this is like coming on to 10 years for Marvel Street. Yeah. So I just had that realization today. Next yeah. year, July. <coughs> July. No, August 10. Mm. It'll what? be August 10. It will well, be 10 years. What are, you, what are we doing for the 10th birthday? Go and party. <laughs> That's awesome. I have a barbecue at the beach. Cool. Drink some coffee. <clears throat> what do you reckon? Sounds good. 10 year anniversary. What do we do? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on one giant longboard and surf a wave together. Yeah, we could. <laughs> good. It's just, yes. Yeah, anyway, cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll so have to find some cool coffee to roast to celebrate. That's, that's a, a great. Point. There we go. August. Mex- no, that's a Mexico. Great, that's a great time. It's, unfortunately, coffee. Maybe we should go to Mexico next year and do the aroma competition and bring the coffee back and roast it because that's when they get. Just put it in carry on luggage. Seven yep. kilos at a time. Yep. Three sevens, twenty one. That's a batch. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's ho- let's hook in, man. Let's So um who are you, Nico, and what do you do? Who am I? Yeah. Um well owner of Marvel Street, Nicholas Kipris. Um uh you know, I used to think that we just roasted coffee and put in bags and shipped it, but I think once we realised that's not what we do. Uh you know, things got a bit more enjoyable um no uh so you're a dad i'm a dad yep ravens two we've been you're a husband, husband oh, you're, you're not married though you're a husband but you're not yeah we're not, not not married under the yeah. under the church but yeah. we're together exactly. committed 18 years something yeah cool it's heaps long. amazing heaps long was pretty cool though eh? that's awesome yeah, uh, I'm not living in a van at the moment. Just bought a house. Hashtag van cool. life. Hey, van life. You're doing that well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough sometimes, but it's really good. Um, it's really good. Essentialism's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that. Just the essentials. Keeping the wardrobe down to like a little cube, the size of you know maybe two goons. Everyone knows, <laughs> what, a goon. <laughs> Everyone knows what a goon is. That's my cupboard space. Yeah. Uh, keeping clothes that. You know, work, work in all occasions. Um, food, simplifying things—it's really fun. But yeah, you know, mum, dad's, my dad's not around anymore. Mum's still around, living in Byron. Been here for like on and off for almost twenty years. Wow! But um, it's been ten years this time around. <clears throat> Linda grew up in Lismore, and her parents are up here, so it's home for her. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, who am I? Hmm. And um, give us a hopefully quick good friend. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> someone. <laughs> you got. I'm pretty sure you're everyone's friend. I hope so. Uh, oh, you can't be everyone's. Everyone. Fr- you can't be everyone's friend, but unless, I, unless I, you're I, a telemarketer, I, I, it doesn't feel like I got many enemies. So I don't think you've got any telemarketer friends. No, I, <laughs> I give them a hard time. Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun when they. It's so fun when they ring. Yeah. Is it? Uh, <laughs> What's your phone number? When you're eating dinner, can I call you? <laughs> I strung one along the other night, actually, pretty well. And Georgie was like, stop, stop. <laughs> and they were like, no, we're trying to do a health, compar- health fund comparison. I don't have private health insurance at the moment. 
Um, and they were like, so do you have family cover? I'm like, yeah, I got family cover, all the extras. We use it quite regularly. And they're like, so what do you pay? And I'm like, about two bucks a week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. I'm like, oh, we can't help you then. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm going to use that. That's good. I, I, the last one I've been using is like, can you just hold that phone for a sec? And I just put it down. Put it down. <laughs> uh, anyway. Awesome. Snapshot of your career up until uh, now. Up until now? Yeah. Up until now. Oh, well, you know, I left school as a motor mechanic for 10 years. How did and, you enjoy that? Yeah, I loved it. It's really cool. We worked, worked at really cool places so like Alfa Romeo and, and um, BMW, Mercedes. Did like European cars. But mm. I just like fixing things. Yeah. You know, and um, it was, I had a mechanical aptitude. Yeah. I was no good at school. Mm. So it was like, oh, I'm good at something. I can fix cars. And just like had that, I think that that dopamine hit of like, you fixed it and it drives. It's broken. Yeah. I fixed it. Yes. It goes. It's like, you know, <laughs> and men are engineers, right? That's what yeah. they're built to do, right? Yeah. So, um, or boys are. Uh, you know, I did that for 10 years, but about halfway through the apprenticeship, and I, I think I was about, I was about 21, so I think five years into the apprenticeship. Or, yeah, I was just out of the apprenticeship. So, um, got a job in a cafe because I just needed, I had a mortgage and, just needed some more cash so I worked two jobs three jobs I worked in a tire place on the weekends uh, and um, like from 12 to 4 just afternoon shift Saturday Sundays and uh, mornings I would work at a cafe and it was Echabar in Darlinghurst back in the day and you know it was like you've heard of London the Ace London races mm. like the, yep. the the motorcycle group well you know Dita was the was the captain of the Australian ace races or Sydney ace races. And, uh, you know, obviously they put it together and they all had, you know, motorbikes. And so I was at motorbikes and, you know, it was a cool version of Deus and Coffee. Yeah. Because it was original. Yeah. You know, they just were just real. And, uh, and um, uh, there was no marketing. They just loved motorbikes. So mm. on a Saturday morning, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you know, place to be packed, motorbikes. And it was on... The corner of Liverpool Street, no Burton Street, or Liverpool Downs, Liverpool Street and Darlinghurst Road, and it's kind of like a wedge-shaped cafe. Anyway, you know, I, I I got a job there as a dishy, and then learned how to make coffee there, just a little bit that had just let me use the machine occasionally to make my own cup. <laughs> but he was doing long. I remember he used to do longos. Yeah, like you know, like, like probably like six or seven percent strength, you know, espressos, and he'd freeze his coffee and. Um, what was and, the and, and, and he did authentic food? Sorry, mm. sorry. Bro. Uh, what? Why did he freeze his coffee back then? What was his theory? Keep it fresh. Then? Yeah, keep it fresh. It's cool. Yeah, man. And he had this like fridge freezer under. And I remember the coffee roaster would come in. That's the name of the coffee supplier. It's called the coffee roaster. I think they're still around. Wow. The in, in, roaster, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they make like bench top roasters that sit in cafe. Anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, uh, you and, know, he he would he would like pull the best latte. I just remember having the best lattes there. Like, just go, wow. And I have like four. <laughs> and I wash the dishes really quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was that like love at first sight with coffee? Yeah, totally. I was like 96, but also fresh food. Because you know, I'm like Greek heritage and yeah. mum was always be cooking fresh food, right? It's mm. what you do. But like seeing that in the cafe environment, like, you know, he just buys all these fresh mushrooms, no tin mushrooms, no tin tomatoes, no, no tin beetroots. Everything was fresh. Yeah. Local. Yeah, this is the 90s. This is like yeah. 1996. Did he go to like 
out to Flemington markets or something? Do those markets? No, no. The the, the, the fruit and veggie store. The fruit and veggie store arrive. I yeah. remember that because I used to put away. <clears> you know, like and you get, you know, in season oranges and we'd squeeze them and, you know, everything was. You know, it was like a fifteen or twenty seat cafe, mm. and then standing room for a hundred. So like, the motorbikes would come and then it'd just be like packed. Yeah. Then then the parking cops would come and, you know, then. We'd make them coffee, and <laughs> it was all cool. Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, I really enjoyed working there. I think I worked there for like two years, I think, and then. And did you work your way up from? No, your, no I never got there. Beginnings. No, I never. No, I never. I, 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 I never got there. Uh, he sold the cafe, <clears throat> and it, you know, it just wasn't wasn't either. Yeah, sold it, and you know, he really had this community thing with fresh food and fresh coffee, and you know, the coffee on these standards. I mean. You know, which would have been dark coffee. Yeah. But, but he cared for it. Yeah. You know, his processes were very genuine. He's messy. I remember there was a big pile of coffee grinds. And they, they said, that's a waste. But that was cool. <laughs> that was cool, right? That, that, <laughs> that was, was the thing. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. totally. Is he still around? I don't know. Mm. Uh, he opened a cafe. I think he opened a cafe on the north side. Dieter, if you're listening, call me. But um, um, yeah, I lost contact with him. I should try and contact him, I suppose. But that was the nineties, mid nineties. Mm-hmm. So you and then and you were a mechanic the whole way through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I kind of left school, did an IT degree, and then the, the IT crash happened, so I didn't get a job. And so then I did like film, video. I got a scholarship to do like a mm-hmm. design course. Just applied. It was in the paper back then. Even two thousand, it's like you know, design course scholarship funded by the government, and it was JMC, JMC Academy, and. Somehow I got into that. And, um, but at, during that time, I was um, making coffee at a place in Holt Street, Surrey Hills, called Chitter. And back then it was Danes who was selling the coffee. Yeah, Dan, right. Danes, Paul Jackson. He was, yeah. he was like... Well, that was kind of a bit of a forefront, like godfather yeah, yeah. of yeah, specialty totally. back then. Back then. Like, like you know? that was, there wasn't much else. Back then. Jasper in Melbourne, maybe. Yeah. And not much going on. Was, I, I think... Actually, you know what? I lie. Or I just don't recall correctly. Before Paul Jackson, it was Grinders. And then Grinders got sold. So Mario was delivering the coffee yeah. from Grinders. And, and then the whole sale went through with Grinders. And then we went to, and Coke bought it back then. Mm. Um, and the coffee was really good. Like when Mario was roasting, was it Mario? Pretty sure his name was Mario. Um, was roasting the coffee down in um, Crown Street, Surrey Hills. Yeah, the coffee was really good. Um, as I remember it, I remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I think once it got sold, the owner, um, his name was Simon, um, decided that, you know, that's Paul Jackson was the way to go. So we did that for a little bit. And, um, and I kind of went from there straight up here. We moved up here in 2002 and I was being, I was a, it's like, it's quite funny cause I had this opportunity to, cause I did the IT degree and the film degree and, you know, did all that for three years, I think. And then came up and whilst working in cafes, but came up here and had this opportunity to either do um, mechanics or work in a cafe and the wages were the same. Blah, that's an easy choice. Yeah. <laughs> working in a cafe. Yeah. So I did the rounds working as a barista in town for three years, basically. I worked at Bailey for a bit back yeah. then, you know, for, for Ben Musu. Yeah, cool. It was too hard. Like it was just too hard. It was like you know, one person running the till, running the coffee, running everything. Yeah, it was like it was like it was a chef. Yeah, you were on the you're on the front, and like right behind you the is chef. the chef. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was yeah. there at Bayleaf then those days. 
it was it was it was and they were all serving Aussie coffee there. But it was you know, it was it was uh um Carl was the chef. Yeah. And he was sitting behind you know, it'd be Carl and me. Yeah. And occasionally a helper. Yeah. And it, and you'd have to wash the dishes. You'd be like washing dishes while you're making espresso. You know. <laughs> you know you know, you know, two people would do like, you know, eight hundred bucks or something. Yeah, wow. And it's just like I just remember being And that's probably on like three dollar coffees or something. Yeah, like, it was three dollars. Oh, yeah. It was three dollars. Two fifty yeah. for locals. Yeah. 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 The coffee's coming buckets because Ben's um uh wife's parents had a farm, so they used to get it roasted by Nat, who's Nat mm. Byron. Oh, out, Nat's, out in Austinville. Austinville, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like two thousand and three. I don't think I lasted through two weeks there and I was too hard. I was building the house. Mm. I was on the tools with Linda building you know, renovating a house and being a barista and we could make ends meet so move you know move back to Sydney mm. um, and that whole time I was in Sydney I didn't really I went into the corporate world wore a suit and um, it's kind of a part of my career that I didn't enjoy much or, and then uh, then we'd go to Mecca I think Mecca was was King Street that was kind of 2006 it kind of just opened and that was the place to go to um but anyway um uh 2009 we moved back the the gfc happened right and so there's no work corporate corporate world you know combusted so we we moved back to to byron to make it work we had some we'd save some money up um and um bought bayleaf and started roasting and that was kind of kind of where we started and that was the beginning mm-hmm. that was the beginning of you know so you bought bayleaf from ben and and you were serving at that time was I don't remember was Ben still serving Nat's coffee? Well, it wasn't Nat's. It was it, well, Nat was roasting yeah. coffee for Ben. Yeah, yeah. I think it last like <laughs> I remember the first shipment we got. It was moldy. The coffee was moldy, and uh, and then I just had to hunt around for some coffee, and then we ended up getting some coffee from Singalo. Okay, back in the day. And so, did you use those guys for, for a the, while for the first three months? Yeah, yeah, right. Singular. And and then and then we started roasting our own. Right. But the idea was to buy buy a bay leaf, roast some coffee, do a little distribution business, local coffee. We're going to buy a local coffee, yep. roast local coffee. Yeah. And that was the plan and do everything local and organic and, and that was the idea. And so so I'm, I'm guessing you didn't know a lot about coffee at that point. No, I, oh, I you knew about making, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't know about sourcing and, and no, quali- green quality. No, no, and no, no, none of that. All, all I knew was... It shouldn't uh, be moldy. I, <laughs> <laughs> when you open the bucket and it smells like mold, it's probably going to taste like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think it got wet. Anyway, um, you know, you, you still knew how to balance a drink, right? And you're still like, you know, filling a portafilter, tapping it twice, scraping off the top and tamping, hmm. you know, and you're doing that. Yeah, you know, and Grand so and, and you and you just knew that, you know, if it went too long, it'd be bitter, and if it was too short, it'd be weird. Yeah, you know, not ever sour because it was all too dark for that. But um, <clears throat> uh, you know, a balanced drink and you know, texture milk and uh, and actually, you know, what was the question? What was the question? Oh, you oh, just- we're just trying to get to the bottom of your coffee knowledge at All that right. point at like that point you, in time it was, it was it was literally just i knew what i enjoyed and i wasn't able to get it yeah okay in this town, and and, in this town. And, and, and it was basically just constructing coffee beverages yeah you know you could have done it with any product probably back then 
It is a two-group way guide. Yeah. So you wanted to serve local coffee, or what was the basis for wanting to serve local organic? How cool would that be? Yeah, totally. Like, I'm with you. Like, go up there, get some coffee, bring it down, roast it. Yeah. We did that with everything in the cafe. And so did you start out doing that? We tried. And no what? one would sell us coffee. No one would sell, no one would sell the green bean. So we, like, we tried, you know, we tried to, you know, the local producers, I won't name them, but they, no one would sell you the coffee. As soon as we, we bought a roaster and let everyone know what a roast Australian coffee, no one wanted to, you know, the fear thing happened, you know, and no one wanted to see green coffee because they thought you were getting competition with them. So does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like just, yeah. just, you know. Oh, because the, the local Cause, cause, cause growers the, were roasting as well. Yeah, and, and they needed that margin to and be yeah. successful, yeah, which yeah. is fair enough. You because get it, right? there's, yeah. but it's so expensive to grow green coffee in Australia. Yeah. If you don't value add right from the get-go, yeah. you're never making money. Mm. Yeah, totally, but I, I don't think I was ever like, like I don't think I, I ever said that they could they needed to sell it to me for cheap. You know, you so just wanted to get your hands. I just want to get your hands on it, like, yeah. like whatever it costs. Yeah, but um, it was really difficult to get coffee. I actually think that the the that the harvest was so small for everyone that they needed every kilo sold to be profitable. Mm. So. so, okay, where did your first green come from? Uh, then? Uh, uh, it was interesting. Um, um, is that the question? Green? I think we we're using yeah. HA Bennett's mm-hmm. back then, and again, it was hard to get green. Like, you know, it was. Um, Bennett's was was was. It, I mean, Silo hadn't started yet. Melbourne Coffee Merchants were just doing McKenta coffee, and it was. Um, if I had my time again, I probably would have bought more from them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Silo wasn't around, nor was Caravella, or so it was actually quite desolate. And you buy most mostly past crop coffees. Um, Melbourne, not Melbourne. Um, uh, mountaintop coffee nimbin mm-hmm. he he had just started in um andrew ford had just started mountaintop coffee distribution okay in australia yeah so we're getting a little bit from that mm-hmm. yep um and um yeah i think that was that was that was it it wasn't there wasn't as much as um supplier in sydney who who we just couldn't get coffee from it was hard it's hard to get green coffee yeah you know, it, was, it was closed door. Even, it, even in 2009, it was closed door. So there was no, no like... No one was giving you... No one was giving you a roast profile. So no no samples coming your way and, and no. cup this and I think I'll take that or no. I'll, I want, I'm not going to take that. It's like, you'll sell me coffee? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, wow. And, and that's how it was. <coughs> in my world, anyway. I'm, I'm sure it would have been different in, in, I don't know, some of the other guys' worlds. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, that's how it was for me. Yeah, well, that's, that's the ground. Yeah. Starting on the ground floor yeah. or, or below. <laughs> yeah. and you know get the green put in the roaster roaster yeah yeah why did you choose Byron and what was it like just in terms of a lifestyle what what appealed oh, to you I think you know, I think for the same reason that you're here right yeah yeah why are you here I'm here because my wife wanted to live here she grew up here uh, so there you go. probably Lin- the same thing Linda grew up here as well yeah so that's that's one reason right yeah and, why, and, why I, you, and when she said that I thought that's not a bad place to live yeah, it's like <laughs> could it's be like, could be way worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, the only thing this place lacks is bicycle paths. Yeah, yeah. you know, if it fixed yeah. the bicycle paths, it'd be like the best place to live in the world. Yeah, mm. why well, do you live here, Joe? My story is similar to Mike, in that my wife lived here uh, when I met her. Yeah, right. Um, however, I had 
already decided that I was going to live somewhere between Byron and Noosa. All right. That was my... Yep. And then I'm, I literally, like, a month after making that decision, like, I was like, I'm going to America, do my last ski season, coming back, I'm going to move somewhere between Byron Bay and Noosa. Start at Byron. And, then, <laughs> and literally a month later, I, like, re, sort of re-met my wife and, and she grabbed me by the belt buckle and dragged me into a bedroom. <laughs> I've been here almost ever since. <laughs> Stuck in your bedroom. It's good to hear, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that, that's the same. same you know, Byron's got a great appeal, right? And I always think that I was a country like boy stuck in city. Like I just didn't cope with the crazy noise. Like mm. Some people don't thrive in the city because there's that whole, you know, race. I don't yeah. do that well, like, because I don't trust. If I don't have the space around me to process my thoughts, then I don't consider them as the right decisions. Mm. But I noticed that being here, it's kind of insulated. It still is. You yeah. know, you have the time and the space, and no one's going to tell you wrong. Like this place, no one, no one tells you that that's a shit idea in Byron. Mm. Everyone says, "Good on you." Yeah. Well, well done. I mean, so many times people have said, oh, Bullshit, you're still, still going. Awesome. That's so good. Like, and I'm sure that would happen in the city, but I just, you know, I just always felt like the city was a place that was a bit more... Cutthroat or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Not, not being negative, but yeah. that, that's how I felt. And I never, yeah, I just thought it was, it was too much noise for me. So moving here the first time, I thought, oh, it's too slow. And then when I went back to the city, I went, oh, okay, that's where I need to be. Because hmm. they've had a better thought processes and i trusted myself better i don't know maybe it's just like i don't know maybe it's just clean air and clean food and better living that makes you feel more feel stronger i don't know yeah yeah a mixture of all those things and good community right this place is solid it's got the you know from the outside i think byron you know you look from the outside it's like oh it's this crazy ass fucking tourist town we fights on the streets whatever but it's not that place at all as as a person that lives here, mm. it's not. And it's that definitely place come called. a long way. Like I think ten years ago, it was probably there. Probably was a bit of that ruckus and stuff, but from what I can tell, it's definitely calmed but it's, right down. Well, I think better people are better people. I think um, there's a there's a broader spectrum of people living here, of you know, mm. than there was when we moved to back moved to you in two thousand. It was very, it was very seasonal. Mm. It's not a seasonal now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was very, like, you, you, you park your car outside of Bayleaf and look down the street at nine o'clock. There'd be nothing. Yeah, in June. Be, mm. June, there'd be nothing. Like no. a tumbleweed. Yeah. Not down the street. Like, there'd be, there'd be like, <clears throat> no parking meters. Like, you'd look down the street, there'd be not a car. Yeah. And, you, and then you hear a car come and you walk outside and like, oh, I wonder if they're going to stop and get a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> seriously it was like that like you could just yeah, like yeah, yeah. no one would walk past wow. no one would even walk past the cafe you know that's how quiet it was that was only 2009 yeah. that's like what 10 years ago 9 years ago well, that's like you know, kind of brings to another question how did how did you guys go about establishing yourself and setting yourself as a, a part as a cafe and business as well as like how did you establish yourself as specialty did you do anything different or just put just, love and just care stoked. into everything? Yeah. Just stoked. I think, you know, I think Linda was better at doing that than I was. I was just so, you know, focused on the coffee and making sure every cup was right and, you know, 
I used to wear a hat behind the coffee machine so I wouldn't make any eye contact with anyone because I just couldn't, you know, I just needed to make coffee. Yeah. And But Linda was really good. She could set the mood and, you know, she would put really good music on. And people still stop her now and go, wow, your playlist, remember, you know, your playlist were awesome. And, um, <laughs> you know, because she's like Blues and Roots. Yeah. Um, um, fan. But uh, I think, obviously it wasn't a place for everyone, but we just try to make it a place that we like to visit and i felt like the food was as close to as we could have gotten back then like it was really hard work to get the food as like chefs were impossible mm. chefs are impossible like they were rare and the food wasn't trendy like like kids now that like in your 20s if you're opening a cafe like chefs were back in the day like even 10 years ago back they were just doing they were rsl trained in these areas oh just 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 the only job they could get out of school probably was either a chef apprenticeship or something to trade yeah it was it was a fallback it was was like and it it, it wasn't about this i want to create some nourishing awesome food for people that come in and want to get excited about it no it was more like you know it was more like um you know, standard cafe fare, you know, and short order chefs. That was the, probably the hardest part was, you know, getting chefs in mm. and proving yourself that... And then the good ones, there were good ones, like Benny Evans back in the day, yeah. like really wanted him to work for us and he ended up working for us. Um, you know, convincing him that this was the right place. That was that was the hard part. So, you know, Linda would bake all the cakes at home. And, um, and it's a lot cooler to work in cafes now, whereas probably yeah. back then it was oh, like... Right if you weren't in a fine dining restaurant, then you weren't a chef sort of thing. Yeah, and there was fine dining. <coughs> Next yeah. door to us was fine dining dish. Yeah, dish was... And that was... You know, it was, that, dish that was amazing. That was extraordinary, right? Yeah, it was you know? awesome. It was like the, 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 the only Michelin or the one, the Hatted, the yeah. Hatted, the Hatted uh, restaurant in the area. Mm. Fleet's got that now, but, but um, it, there was a long time in the area there where there wasn't a Hatted restaurant and um, um, it goes to show that foods back in and you know, I suppose all the cooking shows and and, and Bailiff wasn't the place where you could just do good coffee yeah so, like that didn't pay the bills you got to do good you got to do food as well mm. I think that's true so, in all of Byron like Byron is you, you're paying very expensive rents in Byron yep. far more expensive than any other country town in yep. in in everything's expensive yeah everything's expensive and you know it's close to sydney prices but you don't have the year-round trade that sydney has so you've and 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 you've got to work all the public holidays and you've got to work all so so you so your income is based upon all those long weekends and all those public holidays where you've got to pay extra for labor whereas in the city you close those days yeah so so your cost of labor and your cost of goods your cost of labor is higher Oh. Your cost of goods is higher. Your rent is equivalent to rent in Sydney. Like it's not, you're still paying a thousand bucks a metre. Yep, totally. You know, and, and, and on those public holidays, you, you know, you're probably throwing 600 bucks an hour yes. at, at wages. Yes. Like it's crazy. It was, it was wild. Yeah. But same, but the thing that was great about Bailiff was that <clears throat> we just made it our own. You know, and it was a full-time gig, mm. you know, 24-7, right? It was full-time gig. And you did. Like, you did it really well. I was in town. I was managing another restaurant and making coffee in another restaurant. And I've always got epic memories of um, 
of Bayleaf because it's where my eldest son had his first baby Chino. Oh, yeah. I've still got it on video. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, but you know, like Bayleaf was, it was a steady business. I'm sure when you came into it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of the places in town yeah, that was one of three. Yeah, it was worth going to and worth visiting. But you and Linda took it and turned it into a place where you'd rock up on a, you know, on a, on a decent day. Or, or even not so decent day, and it's like arms and legs hanging out of every yeah. frigging window down down the street. Yeah, <clears> it was because it was heaving. We used to get so many fines. <laughs> <laughs> Scott yeah. Brody, yeah, love you, like, man. If if that's the enforcement officer, the leg of a table is like three millimeters yeah. over the line. Like, dude, <laughs> I still wave at him when I drive past. Isn't he? But every time. <laughs> <laughs> you paid for the car he drives though, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I managed to worm my way out of every single fine actually Right Awesome uh, But um, uh, Trent's a court Yeah okay um, well, <laughs> And then you just see all your customers in court on a Monday morning on drink driving offences <laughs> 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 What are you for? Well, outside dining uh, um, uh, uh, Fine And they're like What are you in for? I uh, sold some coke to a to a cop <laughs> you're like oh dude yeah. <laughs> but um uh, it was a different t- different place you know mm. and it, you know I think I prefer this place now Byron now than what it was yeah 10 years ago people have got you know the surf's busier and everything's busy but there's such good people here now mm. you know and there was good people back then but it was more of you know, the, it was more blue collar or <clears throat> no more kind of no collar yeah. <laughs> as in as in like there was the whole demographic that just did not want to work at all yeah yeah and then yeah. there was the demographic of people that wanted to be here that like us that want to work and want to do great things but also want some of that and that is the downtime mm. and the yin that that bal- that's the, that creates the balance you know um and i feel like there's more of those people here now than what there was oh yeah i mean years ago. from the stories i get from georgie's parents is like with brunswick heads you just wouldn't go through there because it was just that town that you go through on the highway and it was a bit of a druggy town or dog yeah. bludges because Centrelink was there and yeah. and now it's like as expensive as Byron as expensive Almost. as bloody yeah. everywhere right yeah it's like and it's like the why is it what's with the bees it's like Byron Brunswick Bondi <laughs> <laughs> like you know all those bees Byron. yeah mm. <laughs> yes. There's anyway, like some invisible line bees, going through the world. Bees, it's got to be a bee. The bee line. Bee. So you started roasting coffee because that was part of the plan and you couldn't get yeah, the coffee you wanted. It's quite funny, right? Like, I won't say the coffee was shit, but um, I just looked at the coffee back then. I was like getting coffee from one of the best roasters. I just looked at the coffee. And I'm like, oh, because I was a motor mechanic, right? You just look at stuff. Like, you know, yeah. nut and bolts rusted, replace it. You know, it's like you look at the nut, but you look at the coffee, and it's like, well, that looks burnt, or whatever, whatever the fault was, right? You could just see it, yeah. just looking at the product. But and I just, I just figured, well, let's you know, like, let's buy a roaster because I reckon if we can just buy coffee and make sure we don't burn it, and make sure um, uh, it's not broken, like all the bits aren't, bro- all the coffee beans mm. aren't broken into like shattered, you know, like broken glass. Mm. You know, I think, you know, it's coffee. So, uh, I robbed the, the GST account and, uh, <laughs> and I bought a roaster. And Linda was like, fuck. Anyway, so, so uh, you know, went to this huge debt to buy a roaster. And it was like 20 grand or something to buy a roaster back then. It wasn't a good roaster. 
And how were your first batches? Were they better than Do you know what? what you were buying? Third batch. Yeah. Remember the date. Remember that? Because we had set up the shop, we were roasting, sorting everything out. But officially the first batch, I think it was like April 7th. My, I can remember writing on the bag, April 7th, 2010, batch three. And it was like Guatemala, Antigua, and, and uh, Sada- Ethiopia, Sadama washed, both washed coffees. And, and I did some research on like, some like roasting nuts and roasting chocolate and stuff because there wasn't anything out there on coffee and I figured well it's a seed yeah and 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 uh, yeah I downloaded some 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 software because there was no there was no like software back then or well, there was but it was like coffee and all stuff <clears throat> yeah all the home roasters and home stuff, roasters doing stuff. It. yeah so I just you know gave it a go and uh, third batch we were in it was like, and it was tasting sick I remember, I remember going <clears throat> wow so third batch and you're feeling like you, you're stoked with the result. Yeah, until we got bad coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's just happened that the, the, the first batches we got, first coffee we got was really good. Yeah, okay. You know, and then we had a whole lot of other issues <clears throat> afterwards. But, um, so was there QC? Did yeah, you have, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. You know, like were you, did you know about UV just Light? Espre- and, just espresso, yes. Uh, yeah, that was the first QC method. Was, so the only real places that you could get information from so, so james hoffman was really big back then yeah he was blogging he and, was blogging yeah and that was kind of the dialogue <clears throat> josh cup was was roasting so i was bouncing with him um up here and uv light was the first quality control thing because it was like i remember james hoffman talking to tim wendelbow do you use uv light and he was like yeah it's like a seven dollar torch off ebay so yeah. Josh went to ebay and bought a seven dollar torch and, and we've used it every day since and it's like the line in the sand. If that we've got a scale of model, if it's if it's not good, then just don't even bother roasting it because it's not going to be good, you know. Yeah. And um, um, I, I think what we did really well was like just go. This is what we've gotten here. Let's just do this. Yeah. Don't change anything. Yeah. And then experiment on the site. And then when we get when we think it's better, let everyone know. Then change it again. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, and I think those incremental, like we still do that now, right? Yeah. We don't, we don't do major changes unless it is, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a major improvement yeah. that, that, rep, that reflects the change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, um, we're pulling espressos for QC. Yeah, basically. okay. okay. Buying coffee from all over. Like, yeah, I think buying coffee for Intelligentsia back then as well. Intelligentsia was actually really good back then. Yeah, like I think all the boys were still a part of Intelli. Yes, were buying coffee from Seeds, and um, back then as well, um, just to see you know how we could do it. There wasn't many people doing it well. Yeah, I think it was like Seeds Mecca Market Lane. Okay, you know, Prouds had just opened. I think. Did you yeah. have any other <clears throat> like what sort of resources? Like was there any zero, courses? Zero, like, zero resources. Yeah, zero. Like there was so, a, there, there, so there was an online forum and it was called Coffee'd, mm. and you could read the subjects, but you couldn't access the information. Not like not like Bristol Hustle now or Facebook <laughs> or whatever. So it was a closed forum, and you had to be a coffee pro to get access to it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. So so this is like, like ten years ago, right? Yeah, it's now not long. You, now you can just tap a question, fucking EK Berlin or whatever. Yeah, you name it. Boom, there it, it is, you know. It's mm. some it's there. 10, ten it's different there. dudes on YouTube showing you how to do it. Totally. And that, that's totally accelerated coffee Yeah, in learning in the industry. But there's nothing. So 
Um, there was, you know, we used coffee. And you just had to find people in the industry and, and collaborate or get advice. Yeah. Um, um, what was the question? Well, what what sort of resources did you have? Obviously, there aren't any. There weren't wasn't any information out there. But you yeah. probably so we, used, we we bought books on chocolate and, and nuts mm. back then, and kind of just got our heads around. And you know, like the whole thing I do with you is visual, right? Mm. Read the book on Illy. It's a really techie book, uh, Science Behind Coffee. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, by by Illy, um, and, but there's nothing about roast curves. It's just stuff about you know using bags of valves and. You know, uh, you know, maybe grind particle sizes. There's some stuff about that, and, right? You know, not even any of the physics in roasting in terms of like, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah. You talk about like, you know, they talk about like things like, you know, exothermic and endothermic, and yeah. you know, when the coffee accepts heats and dissipates heats, and the fact that you got to adjust the roast to do that, but not no, not no Scott Rayer book. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, that that wasn't around. I mean, that's a great resource for someone start if that was out that that if that was out i mean you just buy that book and and start and everyone start, everyone start. would be roasting pretty good coffee yeah, yeah 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 but it's coffee that you know if you just follow his rules i mean you would end up with coffee that's fairly consistent right yeah i, I think the barista handbook was out so we mm. read that but i think there was more focus on just getting it to the right color so the first thing i bought was uh, a, a color monitor I think, mm. that i used actually quite a lot at the beginning before we bought an EK, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think I just kind of um, hunted people down. Mm. So, so uh, access to green and access to to learning resources and, and knowledge were both difficult in the early days. Yeah, yeah. But what were, but what it was were, like the feast of famine with coffee. There'd be heaps of everything or nothing. Yes. Okay. So, so it was very seasonal. Yeah. Like, like you'd only be getting you'd be getting keeners would be gone by the time they arrived. Yeah. Like as far as AGM bag. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd done the um, one of the first. I had enrolled to do one of the first um, Q graded courses. Mm. That was done by the instituator back in. Okay. I never got there to do it. I did all the study for it. Yeah. So you do all the work. So you just turn up and do the test. Yeah. You get the, get the handbook and do do the work. And then turn up and do the test one day. Yeah. Okay. Whereas now they take you through the test, and do, and you, you spend two days doing everything. And you know. but uh, I think. Mm. Um, so there was there was Q graders course there was COE. Um, you know, we. I, I knew what I, I knew what I wanted Marble Street to be and what the coffee what the coffee we wanted to do with coffee and Mark Dunham you know obviously he's the he's like the you know uh, the godfather of grandfather of coffee in Australia yeah but um, for sure maybe even the world you know, so you, re- re- so, you got a bit of advice from him yeah he was up in um, in Noosa for the Golden Bean one of those mm. roasting competitions Noosa's just up the road so we we bombed up there and and we had a chat I think I helped him brew some coffee for everyone on the day he was brewing some coffee having a chat about um uh, i think one of his discussions was you know this is fine coffee it's black you know these are the farmers just that same sort of thing that everyone talks about now yeah um and he was just starting silo and i said you know i want to roast really good coffee where do i start there's no resources he said well come down cups and coffee we're just starting silo and so 
I said, oh, I'll be there Wednesday. It was like a Sunday or something. He laughed at me. And I turned up with, actually, I turned up with Mark Schubitz. Oh, really? That was like 2011. Mm. And I turned up with Mark Schubitz. And, and um, I remember because Schubitz had like 18 espressos and he was sick. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we cupped some coffees with, with, with Mark and, you know, we got some San Sebastian AAA, I think, <coughs> off him. That was the first delivery that we got through through silo yeah, and, then, right. and then some faff coffees for zenal beta for leza and then he brought you know um um philippe croker yeah and um philippe spent some time and then we did the coe course so they come to the coe course so we did the coe course uh and that was in what's now paramount coffee in that in that foyer this is 2011 though mm-hmm. but it's funny because andreas was there from it's kind of like that one of those moments where i think everyone was just starting to take off as far as coffee mm. but that that i know right so like andreas was there from latoria dutch um russ was there holding it he just sold sourced and was opening hills mark Dunham was holding it holding the, the 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 you know he was i think he might have been the president of the coe at that time or or just before he's president of coe but the whole the whole thought process was well, you know like these farmers doing great coffee they're small lots 50 50 uh 50 bags right i think it was 50 bags no, 50 bags? Five bags. Five bags sounds like a small lot. Yeah, I can't... A ton. Yeah. Can't remember. Can't remember the lot sizes. Not small. They weren't... They can't be 50 bags. That's, that's heaps. Um, <clears throat> and, um, uh, and it was like, well, the coffees have been carped on a business level. The coffees have been carped like how many times? You know? Mm. And you're paying like $8 for coffee. Yeah. That is awesome. That's been carped. And even if it doesn't place, it's still 85 so yeah. the 85 was the cutoff. So if a coffee scored 84.5, it'd be like under eight bucks. It was 80, over 85.5, might be $8.50. Mm. 80, 85. Yeah. So, so um, uh, I remember doing the El Sal Cup of Excellence, just the carping with, with um, um, uh, we flew down for that to, to, uh, to Melbourne. But um, I remember the coffee's been really good. And this is what we need to do to buy these coffees so that was kind of like we dealt with silo for a fair bit at the beginning and uh, um, but the coffees weren't cheap mm-hmm. you know we are still paying 13 bucks 14 bucks 15 bucks yeah Australian dollars for a kilo of coffee yeah you know and uh, that made it hard um, yeah but, but, the coffees, but the coffees were good you yeah. couldn't have been charging what, what no. is market price now <clears throat> no that's right no no it was like yeah it was 28 Thirty bucks a kilo, I suppose. Yeah. Back then, still. Yeah, which just means well, it's easy when yeah. you do everything. You don't yeah, have to pay anyone else. It just means you earn two bucks an hour. It's just quite funny because that, that <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it's quite funny because as soon as you go over that, as soon as you go to that specialty world of coffee, where it's where the, the the farmers paying the right amount of money, being paid the right amount, of money, the quality's there, then automatically it's almost like your business isn't feasible. In the cafe owner's eyes, the person that you're selling to, it's, it's, it's feasible on a on a retail level, but but it's only a few cents per cup. Yeah, but for some reason, the cafe owners, not me, but the cafe owners, you know, on a wholesale level, didn't want to pay an extra three or four dollars a kilo just to cover that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that was the resistance. I think that's probably why Silo, you know, didn't didn't go so well. The cafe owners just couldn't come at the extra expense 
What, maybe they were just ahead of its time. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, they were, they were just the first way, people who way were, ahead of its who time. Were paying fairly. And, and Mo and Coffee Merchants were there as well, but similar problems, mm. you know, as far as the pricing was concerned. Yeah, and they're both in, you know, they're both miles away from, they're at the bottom of the country, so obviously shipping yeah, like, costs expensive. comes into it for yeah. roasters outside of Melbourne. It was it was expensive. Yeah, it was mm. expensive, and um, we found it hard to to be profitable. But the coffee is good, mm. um, and. Um, uh, another question when did you similarly with Bayleaf when did you sort of start going okay we're doing a good job I can see people are like you start start to see some traction with with the wholesale side of things when did you go okay cool I can we can we can employ some someone or a few people and as soon as I had more than one dollar in my account (laughs) 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 that's that I, I think that was Kind or of did you do something that that start doing something that you thought okay this is this is where I need to go because just looking after people I think yeah as soon as you start the looking customer up, support yeah, side as soon as you start looking after people more about that than the yeah yeah, the product, yeah right? more about people like yeah yeah definitely it's like as soon and I think you know you guys have taught me that as well you know the more we focus on the people yeah you know, the coffee is the coffee right you, you can know? work on it to a point you can work on it to a point but it has a point of it's that eighty twenty rule you know it's like uh, if you spend, you know, you can spend majority of your time trying to get one percent more out of the coffee. Yeah. Or, or, you know, a coffee that's eighty-seven, that's cupping eighty-seven. You, you know, you can be happy with that. You can try and get it to taste eighty-seven point five. Or yeah. you can spend all that effort on making sure that your customer is um, being well looked after. Mm. Yeah. And and and. And it was quite a strategic move for us to sell Bayleaf, as far as that was concerned. And I was, we used to we used to be in town, and it was quite ballsy to sell a cafe mm. because all we've got we've got a roaster in a room. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and there's no specialty roasters out there that don't have cafes. We don't own a ca- we don't own a cafe. Yeah, all we've got is customer service and great coffee. So, um, I was talking to Jeff Turing. He's probably one of my best mates. That. Um, he shared some space with us. He, he makes all crazy kinds of stuff. He's an inventor, but also a really good businessman and a great guy. Mm. And, you know, loving guy is just, he's a legend. Uh, and we'd spend hours. I mean, you know, we would have like Twitter meetings and we'd have like Facebook meetings and how do we market our businesses? And, and then, was, you know, turn up was the thing that we come up with. Just turn up. Just turn up is the best thing you can do. Um, uh, and he's the one that suggested that we sell the cafe and just focus 100% on your customers, mm. you know, and that experience of the coffee arriving and it, it being, a, in, you know, exactly what they ordered and not mis- not fucking up the invoices and, you know, that everything's A-OK. Yep. You know, we're still small now, right? You know, if we were to, if we were to do a t- tour of all our cafes, it could be done in two or three days. Mm. You know, it's yeah. Not, you know, it's, it's not massive. Yeah. But definitely, there was a point. There's been like points, and probably one was when we were established, time in the market, when you established long enough for people to go, oh, they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's definitely one thing that if, if I knew it was just time in the market, I would have just gone surfing and been patient, you know, <laughs> instead of just stressing. That's the small stuff. Yeah. Just, and, um, and um, the other thing 
would have been, I suppose, a little bit of competing. Yeah. I started a blog, which I pulled down because I wasn't happy with it. But um, uh, I didn't do well in English. So writing was really difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but uh, I write well now. That's funny because I, 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 you know. Yeah, you helped me with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do well in English either. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny, right? And yeah. you're really good at it. Yeah, thanks. Your, your writing skills are awesome. Yeah, I, I think it, I'm better. I'm, I'm better at writing than talking, and I've always felt like that. But no, the po- the, yeah. the, these podcasts are helping us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, haven't sworn that many times yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what was the question? Um, well, you're going on like the, the in terms of what when you started to see traction. You know, oh, you, yeah. you started so, a blog. So, you started competing. Yeah, I, I did. Like, I just did the thing, the competition. You've obviously felt that, met some people. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I think the, the competitions were just like simple ones, like Aeropress comps and, and Tasters comps. But that was frustrating because that was they were just fun events, but I wanted to win them. Mm. And the more fun they are, the less structure they have and the less chance you have of winning. But anyway, I just wanted to win. I just wanted to get some kudos and prove that I could taste some coffee. I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. But um, um, uh, um, Definitely, the line in the sand was using quality coffee. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. There was definitely a point. You know, um, if we go back two steps. Mistake number one was don't use your bass to buy a roaster. <laughs> Just don't do not spend your bass because that's really hard to pay. Did back. that did that put an exorbitant oh, amount of pressure on the business? Ab- absolutely. And so going back, you wouldn't have done no, that. No, wouldn't have done that. But then, so, but then, so how would you have done it? I don't know. Don't know. Would have got a forty-four gallon drum and a, and a fire. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, like that, you know, mistake number one was was definitely using bass money to to buy the roaster, and then sec, and then the second mistake was buying a shit roaster. Yeah, you know. So, you know, so I bought like a tur- Turkish roaster, one of those Turkish roasters back in the day. That it was new, but you know, it you know lacked control. Yes, and it was really easy to burn the coffee. Yeah, in it was good for Turkish roast. Um, which is dark. Um, um, so then we bought the UG and um, the coffee definitely like, that was just, you know, we learned a lot and then yeah. actually, actually having the UG, you know, because of the stability, we were able to roast really consistently and then we could apply some of that knowledge back to the, back to the, the, the Turkish roast. So we used the Turkish roast right up until we bought the, um, the, yeah, lowering, was, the, the, was, the lowering. And you would know you know, some of the best batches of coffee we've had out of the, out of the, out of the, the um, up until the Loring came. Yeah, totally. Uh, that would match, definitely match the Loring as mm. far as flavor is concerned. Yeah. You know, so did you... But not consistency. Did you use the bass money to buy the UG22 as well? No. Or, or no. did you learn... I saved lesson? money up for that. You saved your money. Yeah, saved money up for that. And, um, um, but there's definitely line of sand there. You know, like, the quality was better and, the roaster was better and more consistent. Yeah. And, um, um, and you know, humans just noticed that yeah. when something tastes better. Cause yeah. it's and, and there was some aha <laughs> moments, right? Like, so Russ from Ruben Hills was opening his place Hills and he, and Philippe Croak was out and, and Philippe had brought some coffee over or sold some, some, it's called Bobo link, which is like a, like a blend of, um, raised bed naturals that he dried, slowly they were quite funky but 
they were clean naturals. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, Mark had brought those in. Faff. And um, so he was here, so here for six weeks. I think four or five times, you know, we got the same batch of coffee and I roasted up here in my UG and Russ roasted some of his. And then we'd cut the coffees and have a taste. And, you know, and um, um, I learned a lot then, you know, just comparing roast profiles. and so just, we're, just, just confirmation that we were... And we had that conversation, like we're both learning. Everyone's learning. Yeah. You know, but it was nice to be around people that would share their knowledge. And where are we now? Like what year are 2011? we? 2011. 2011. So, so you've, 2011, you've 12, of, 12. You've sold Bayleaf. And, and no, no, 2013 we sold Bayleaf. Okay. So it was about a year so, and a half before. <clears> we so you still got Bayleaf, but you're now out in the industrial estate here in Byron yeah. with the UG22 and yeah. and you, you're learning. Yeah, we you, sh- you've, we're, you've we're got sharing a, with Jeff who was... Who, who had this wine off business? So he was—he was a good mentor for me for, for um, for business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he had half the warehouse, and so we had Bayleaf, the second shop at Bayleaf, and we had the roastery. Yeah. And and, was, and are your customers noticing at this point? Like, like how's the reaction yeah, as as you're growing and learning? Definitely, in the, in the industry? definitely. Like we're getting like, I remember you know some some of the baristas from Melbourne coming up and. And some businesses from Sydney that were coming up that worked in specialty shops down there were coming up and working for us. Okay. And wanting to work for us. Yeah. And that was nice. It didn't have to like, you know, teach someone how to steam milk. Yeah. They knew how to prepare beverages. They wanted a sweet espresso. They knew how to deal with the double ristretto thing. And, you know, yes. All that stuff. Yeah. You know. You mentioned Jeff being one of your close mates and sort of... Yeah influences or mentors or you work together who else outside of the coffee industry do you look up to or did you did you draw inspiration from as as a business person Uh, so it's so so funny because i don't consider myself a business person like i hate money (laughs) or you know you know i hate i hate that you know a a business owner yeah yeah totally but you are a business person i get it yeah it's the right terminology but i hate money and i hate that that whole you know i just you know I found out that I like people. Yeah. You know, mm. and, and that's and that's the fun part. But, you know, I suppose mentors, you know, I had um, um, some older guys. Generally, mentors are older, so. Um, um, you know, James Lancaster is one of our customers. Yeah. I, I, I always have conversations with him. You know, he's a great guy and a, you know, he's got the best personality and he, he's got a good business and he's got some, he's got some smarts. So I always speak to him. And it's more about business structure and and how to get things done and mm. you know like he achieved so much yeah that guy's a weapon yeah you know and um um, um but um you know outside of the I, I don't have any mentors like personal mentors outside of uh, every time I shared an idea with someone that was older than me they thought I was a fucking whack <laughs> you know so true like when is we, that, what, what, that blow from Byron? Yeah, yeah, yeah fuck. <laughs> I, I remember when I was selling. Like, oh, I've got a, I have got a mentor. He's awesome. Fully respect him. He's, a, he's a, you know, but he's not, a, he's not in Byron anymore. He's the CEO of Dulux, um, Alan, Alan Preston. And um, uh, when I was selling Bayleaf, I was like, oh, I want to sell it, but I want, want to make sure that I'm not selling a dart. I mean, the, the thing makes money. We, you know, we paid our mortgage and we, we've built all this. We had the roastery and paid for everything, and all the coffee's coming in and. The roastery wasn't, you know, we're only doing 180 kilos a week. So the roastery wasn't really profitable. It was breaking even. Um, um, you know, how do, 
how do I sell this cafe that and show all we're earning without compromising anyone? You know, because of the the you know, yeah, you just want to you just want to I, I just wanted to pass it on to someone, sell it, and I wanted it to be fair, and I wanted them wanted them to want to use our coffee and continue on mm. with the Marble Street thing. You yeah. know, like pass the baton. Yeah, totally. That's what yeah. I wanted to do, right? And I wanted it to be done ethically, mm. morally. I just wanted to be able to turn up. It's a small town, you know. And he looked at me. He goes, "You're looking for Nirvana, mate. You know, <laughs> it's not gonna fuck. It's, it's it's one or the other, you know." And and I think I was like, "No, I reckon we can do this." And you know, I feel like I hope that Nikki and Dan feel that way. That you know, that it was transparent as possible and. The sale was good, and they've been using our coffee there for the last five years, and mm. and we go there almost every day, and you know, it's awesome. Yeah, oh, they do a and, great and, job, and I love it. Yeah, you know, I don't get. And sick it's of turned it. into a beast of a I don't cafe. Get, I don't get sick of it. Mm. You mm. know, like it's it's awesome. It's a yep. great place to go to. Yeah. So, you know, I think the more the more what I have, you know, go back to that question, like you know, why you live in Byron, the more whack the idea the more I'm more I'm you know committed to achieving it yeah you know so the whole thing is you can't do that it's like fuck that I can do that yeah you know, and um, and uh, yeah that's kind of like why I resisted to open a cafe I don't want to I don't want to you know for business it's probably be good to open a cafe here and we'll, we'll probably do it mm. but I don't want to take the eyes off making sure everyone receives our, our coffee and I think you guys have been awesome for the business in that regard you thanks know, so. oh, thank awesome. you thank you awesome. yeah it was um it's always good when you can go when you go away and we just like, the business gets better when i'm away that's feel, never happened dude yeah it's 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 a cool feeling to know that it's like i got this yeah like mike says that i say that like neither of us could do it on our own yeah but together it's like yeah we got it easy yeah, yeah. good team yeah and it kind of brings me to one of the last <clears throat> questions here is um, the dynamics obviously changed over the last probably three or four years for you, two, two to four years in terms of your role or what you see yourself doing here. Um, well, I think like the first thing that happened was Linda stepped out. We had family. Yeah. And that was, I think it was tough for her to do that because she's so, lo- she loves working. Mm. But, you know, everyone out there is thinking, oh, loves working, but loves Linda loves seeing results mm. you know she sees the merit the merit and the reward in getting things done well you know and she's key like mm. without Linda there you know up until when you guys when you started Joe mm. it, you know there wouldn't have, there would be no Marvel Street or Bailey for sure you know but um now that mum's now that Linda's a full time mum I still work she still works with me on stuff like we still workshop stuff together but um um what the questions last two or three years what's changed yeah in yeah. terms of like what what are other areas that now are you able to focus on and what do you want to focus on that you couldn't achieve before yeah well I think now that we've got a team that's more important mm. and the more effort we put into the team you guys and whoever works here and our wholesale customers the more effort we can put and our retail customers everyone yeah right the more effort we can put into those people the less we have to worry about business making money that's that's what i've noticed and 
we've had these you know, major times where the business has grown and it needed to grow, you know, replacing Linda. We still needed the wage, but, but to survive. Mm. But, but we needed to pay someone else to do the job. Yeah. You know, so we, we had to grow exponentially to, to be able to do that mm. in such a small business. And it, when I came on board, you had just done that. Yeah. Like, and you were in the pro that, like that first six to 12 months, far out. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, like our kilos since I came on board, I reckon. Probably doubled. Doubled. Yeah. Yeah. Threes? Not quite, but yeah. yeah. But, but now it's profitable. Now the business is actually like, I said to James morning, like, it's like, well, I think we made a profit this year. Yeah. Not just paying us, like the company made a profit as far as like, the, you know, we pay, pay ourselves paid a, wage, everyone. a wage and I think we made a little bit of a profit. Like yeah. it's, not a, it's not a negative value, negative amount in the bank. Yeah. Which is 10 years in, you'd hope you'd, anyway, um, you know, but um, yeah, they're probably the, the, the biggest shift is like looking after the people and creating an environment. Now that I've got a kid and a family and I've got more of, I've got 15 years here lease. So it's more of a long term. 15 years in the building, you mean? Yeah. 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 It's like, and now it's like, okay, cool. We're here. You got some. This is what we're doing. This is home. This This is is, is HQ. Yeah. This is headquarters. What we're doing. And it's serious. Yeah. And we're going to be, you know, it's going to be awesome. You know? And I think that's, once we'd made that commitment, like you remember that discussion we had a year and a half ago moving into here? I do. You know, and it was, you know, workshop with you on that idea about moving into this. It was a big step to move into here. Yeah, yeah. It took, there was a lot of toing and froing, and yeah. I, I remember vividly the conversations we had upstairs at at yeah. the, at old at Centennial, and um, it's, it's, and it was like you were ready to throw in the towel <laughs> yeah. on a couple of occasions. I'm like, just, just do it. Just ask if like they they'd take this. Yeah. Just ask. Like yeah. they could say no. Like and. And, it and you got there. Yeah. Like you, I mean, I've, I learn a lot from you about negotiating, and you negotiated this lease well. Yeah, um, for everyone. Yeah, for, it's fair. Like yeah. it's it's great. There were there were lots of issues moving in here, and there's lots of work needed to be done. But moving in here has helped us, right? We, we can hold more coffee, and and then we save on shipping, and then and then we can accept more, and then we can do bulk buying, and and. Yeah. There's less there's, le- there's less manhandling and the the workflow dynamic yeah, of totally. it all being on one floor. Yeah. I mean that's incredible. Yeah. Like just yeah. yeah, it's it's been amazing and and certainly it's the a health, last, healthier space too. It's a yeah, there's there, there's air, no dust. No, no no air pollution. Air quality is yeah. next level. Like the boys used to get a bit green around the gills come <laughs> <laughs> come, come come two o'clock on on oh, Monday. No. Though like yeah. Marky was you know you, you're right. over in the corner on the HG roasting <laughs> all the singles going. He <laughs> <laughs> gave me he gave me like dude if I end up with emphysema I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was interesting. So it's changed a lot. Yeah. Um, but, and, but, and the roastery is looking great now. Like you've thanks for thanks for, thanks to you, man. You're well, awesome. Yeah, well, thanks to you, you and Mike. <laughs> yeah. Mike. Yeah, you know, and and that's more of an achievement for me, the people. Yeah. You know, and if we can continue, if we can continue that down the chain, <clears throat> you know, and the producers and everyone in the chain benefit our cafe owners. I mean, you know, I sometimes think that cafe owners got a short, get given the short straw as well. They're, they're out there on the front line, you know, and, 
um, sometimes it's tough for those guys, eh? Oh, it's really tough. You know, and um, we're here to support those people with great coffee and making sure that it's as easy as possible for them. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm about. So go- after you. Well, you go, Mike. No, I'm going to change the subject, so you go okay. if you're staying on topic. No, I'm, I'm changing the subject too, man. So. <laughs> you go. I, um, are, you guys are too nice. Yeah, too you guys are too nice. <laughs> I know. I guess, you know, here we are now, like we've, you've brought us up to speed with, with everything up until now, but what's the next chapter for Marvel Street? Like where do you, where do you see it's funny cause I, I, our energy best spent? I listened to a podcast on the plane back from New Zealand <clears throat> And uh, my memory is really bad with this sort of stuff. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he's literally the owner and creator of Basecamp. Cool. Interviewed by, I think it might be Tim Ferriss. But anyway, um, just the recent one. But it's quite funny. He said, I've got no goals. I'm like, oh, cool. Someone else has got no goals. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I don't have this like financial goal. I don't have this like, like we want to do two tarned or three tarned. I don't have those goals. I don't want to own a Porsche. I don't care. You want a Ford Mustang there. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because I want to give it to Linda. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and some rare yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're my superannuation funds, right? Yeah. But you know, it's still like that, you know, that's, you know, that's the, that's the mechanic in me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't want expensive motor cars and expensive houses and stuff. It's not what I want, you mm. know. Um, and I oh, know he got you off track. But he said, he said, you know, he doesn't have those goals, but the goals relate to more like the people and the community that's created and making it awesome. Mm. And, and if the budget is like, 20 you know we have to grow by 22 percent but we only make 21 percent the corporates would like you know you know skin you as a as a salesperson or whatever but uh, you know if i if if our if our if we decided that we needed to do a budget projection of and it was 22 percent and we got 21 percent i'd still be stoked because it could have been 15 percent it could have been minus 22 percent yeah totally stop you whinging yeah you know and and so, so, I think that I've, I've really enjoyed the turnover of staff in here, beyond beyond us. Yeah, you know, you know, and and watching new people come in, and our systems getting stronger, and Absolutely. and really fostering, um, um, support to to the people that work here, and them taking it home with them, and you know, Charlie drinking coffee when she doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, that's cool. That she drinks our coffee now. Yeah, you know, you know, like I just love that. You know, yeah, I and, love, and, and that pushes me to do a retail retail store. You know, yeah. here. You know, but um, uh, so maybe moving forward, short term, it would be uh, a interesting retail experience here. Mm-hmm. That would be, and I'm still trying to figure what that is, but I've I've got a fair idea in this front room that we're sitting in right now. Um, um. And of course, you've got to grow like as a business. But all the growth has happened when it needs to happen. So I just just let that go. I'm just not going not gonna, to, you know, worry about that stuff. Mm. Just focus on quality. 
you know, I think there's a contraction in, in the specialty coffee market and a coffee market happening at the moment, especially in Melbourne, from what I can see. I mean, you just got to look on Gumtree at how many linear PBs are for sale. Yeah. You know, like it's happening, right? You know, um, you can't grow that quickly and throw that much money at it without there being some level of, you know... It's a correction. Correction, yeah. But then you look at a place like Byron where there's a coffee shop on every corner and then five in between those corners. Mm. Like there must be 45 cafes in Byron Town. They'd have to be close. Yeah, you know, for I'm sure. guessing. Yeah. And most of them, I mean, they're all tightly held. Mm. I'm not sure if all of them making money, but they're all tightly held. Mm. They're not changing hands. I mean, the takeaway joints are, taking hand, are changing hands, but the, the cafes generally aren't changing hands, right? No. There's not this massive turnover and closure of cafes happening. No. So then I get this other confidence that, like, well, there's plenty of room in the market. Yeah. You know? Um, hopefully we can work on retail and get our knowledge out there on a retail level I think if we push our retail then I think and push um, our knowledge and home brewing to our home brewers then that'll help our help our cafes because then mm. they'll, they'll look out and, oh that's Palm Street you know we'll go there yeah you know get this kind of closed loop yeah, thing happening um um but yeah, I don't have any like financial goals or mm. any, um, yeah, like, you know, oh, oh, Mikey, you want to buy a house. I want to help you buy a house. I want to figure out how we can do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're my goals. You know, yeah. it's like, make sure you look after your people. Yeah. You know, I think that's, yeah. That's, it's interesting though. I never, I'd never sort of heard it of many people who are like, oh, I don't have goals. Like at least successful people like that guy from base camp. Yeah. That's because I just, I've always struggled to set goals and yeah. it can be quite, um, it can give you a level of insecurity at sometimes. Yeah. Cause you're like, what am I working towards? What am I doing? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just but, going but, with the flow, but it's but, always worked for me. If, 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 if it fucks with being present, hmm. like if it fucks with being present and in the now, then it's not, I mean, it's good to have a, an idea. Yeah. And I think, well, I've got ideas and I've got heaps of ideas. Yeah. But the commitment to setting a goal, I mean, I think, if you're going to remain small and dynamic and and be awesome then the goals you know like probably they're more like ideas than goals yeah does that make sense yeah whereas the goals relate to i'm having another kid we need another house or we need to sort out daycare they're goals yeah <laughs> you know because they they've got to happen yeah exactly. you know, you know? it's not you know, you know, or, or they're what, just what, set by the. You know, the goal is like going overseas on holiday. That can be a goal. Mm, yeah. You know, but as far as the business is concerned, it's their ideas, and we're going to try them. And if they work, and we love them, and our customers love them, and it makes the business better. Then cool, we embrace, we, we embrace them. Mm. You know, um, um, you know, like developing the app, mm. streamlining all the payment systems that we're doing all week, all those things. Yeah, you know, they're all ideas, right? Yeah, you know, and. And I suppose they're a goal once we've once once we've made it easier for our customers to pay us without the chug chug yes. statements and which invoice is this and which invoice is that and you know zeros there and has has the ability to to streamline all the accounting processes we should be using that that's what we're doing yeah we're we're, we're there we've got the resources now to yeah. to actually understand and use these things yeah. better yeah and it, you know I feel like we're just on the the edge of that like as far as you know, the birdie edge of software like it's you know that stuff although they promise that it, it works it doesn't actually all work as 
No, there's lots of glitches yes. and yes. and things that create headaches constantly, but but it's it's becoming a harmonious environment. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Who was your most yeah. memorable customer? Most memorable customer. You know, like, I, I, I saw that question and I found it really difficult. And just the, as you said that, Alex Thomas. He's got like Thomas galleries around the corner. Only because he'd walk in and go, hello, Mr. Nico. Can I just have a double half latte? And I just can still remember it. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Nico. And I remember one day, I was like, bro, I think you better, better pay your account. Like 660 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. $660 a latte. I remember it. And chocolate. You just eat chocolate brownies and, and coffee. But uh, heaps of heaps of great customers, eh? Hey? Yeah. Heaps. And it's funny because a lot of the customers have become customers. What? A lot of the customers have been cust- become customers Beca- here. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Customers of Bayleaf have now become oh, Marvel. Shubits. Yeah. <coughs> Claire. Yeah. Um, Lane 7 was, was Nick. Um, 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 Nick Frost, mm. DJ. Yeah. PC used to come down. Nick Pierce used to come down. Yeah, um, cool. Um, um, and? Yeah, it was a customer. And it was a customer and then an employee and then a customer. Yeah, it was an employee again. <laughs> you know, like, so it's quite funny. And that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a lo- lo- lots of favorite customers. Yeah. It was awesome though, right? Running the cafe, cafe was awesome. Being there all the time was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Is that it? Yeah. Do I do all right? Have you got anything else, Joe? I think that. I think we Do I do all right? You've done great. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> did we miss anything? Did I miss anything like important? No, I don't know. There was a lot of great stuff there. <laughs> this is so much better than last time. Everyone, yeah, cool. give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, and, um, uh, I, it's not about coffee. No, it's you about coffee. Coffee's the coffee's like the like the the device or the the know, lubricant. The lubricant, exactly. <laughs> coffee is the lubricant. You know, it's great. You see it, right? You see. That freak ass fucking like couriers running in the door, losing their shit. Can't find unit three, whatever. They're losing their crap. And you go, hey, bro, would you like coffee? I've got one here. They have one. They're like, oh, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like that girl who walked in today. You know, she was looking like she was all a bit like, mm-hmm, what's going on here? Is this Marvel Street? Or like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you want a coffee? And, and all of a sudden she's like, ah. Oh, <laughs> and, we, and we could talk and she's, that's it man yeah, that's what it's, it's about like, that's yeah. what it's about you know like James Danaskis is my best <clears> mate <throat> now like we're just like, like I went and picked up some speakers from the other day yeah he might be looking at a Ford Mustang for Linda <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear that Linda uh, it's not your birthday present for next year um, <laughs> <laughs> you know like yeah so awesome like coffee's awesome yeah. you know so um, and our coffee's really awesome too I hope yeah, it is. And thank you, boys. I eh? like you guys have like really pushed me to to be better. You push me to be better. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And, yeah, that, that, and that's that's a good environment to be in, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. When not gonna, not what, competing. <laughs> no, you know? no, that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. A, like and that, that's and, all and, too common in workplace. And, and, and I think that you know, on that note, like I think that's why we're shit at Instagram because mm. it feels like competition. 
Oh, it's yeah. like a dick swing competition. <laughs> you know? And and I think that's why we're bad at that. Yeah. I actually and, had a and, thought and, about it this morning. And I was like... But, uh, but on that note, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, it's it's literally like when you go on, go on Facebook and Instagram, you, you feel like you're flipping through a magazine and it's like, when am I getting to the content? When am I getting to, like the the there thing? It's just ad after ad after. It, but everyone thinks it's not ads, but it's just it is. junk mail. It's like yeah. going through your letterbox and like junk, 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 junk. Totally. Yeah. And I think the real answer is though with that is how to use it as a tool. Mm. How can you use it as a tool to better? You know, because people are on it. Yeah, totally. It's it's, you know, but it's a good platform, like, but it's. I like the post you did. You post that with, with Newcastle Kiosk? Yeah, I think it's great for that. It's great for shouting out your customers and saying, these guys do an awesome job. But We don't do enough of that. Yeah. We but love you all, though. We love every, if every, all of you customers. We love you all. Maybe we should just give our customers access to our Instagram account. <laughs> That's a better idea. <laughs> and then they can just post stuff about themselves. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Grum wisely. Cup honestly. Brew with confidence. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. Coffee, drink. See ya. Bye. Bye.